This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What is going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is July 27th. 2020. Luke, it is storming. It is pouring rain here north of Tampa right now. The skies know the calm before the storm is over. Jonathan Isaac is back. It is over for the rest of the league. Luke, how are we doing? I mean, it's it's good because it's it's all good news, Jonathan. We, we're now entering the week of Orlando Magic regular season basketball again. Jonathan Isaac is going to play in some capacity in the scrimmage uh, the day you guys are hearing this, Monday. Um, we don't know what that'll look like. Um, and somehow, Jonathan, we're at the point where we're clear on J.I.'s return, but we have no clue what Markel Fultz's return is going to look like. So, I I don't know. We kind of traded one for the other. Well, I mean, Markel, it just seems like ever, ever since we kind of got back to the bubble, we just kind of have had nothing but questions. It's like he wasn't there. It wasn't. It wasn't COVID related, and then he came back, and he wasn't, you know, participating in five on five scrimmages, and now he's kind of back to that point. But it's still not a hundred percent whether or not he's going to participate Monday night. He's had pretty limited five on five work so far, so um, yeah, it, it's just kind of strange. In my opinion, I think it, it might just be conditioning related. You know, he, uh, by all reports, he was running, you know, miles each day during the quarantine, but especially if you're a high level, you know, like top of the top of the top of the premier athletes in the world, running a couple of miles each day isn't the same as, as working, you know, with other athletes of that same caliber, running up and down, jumping up and down on a, you know, an NBA floor. So in my opinion, he, he looks like during the quarantine, you know, he might've put on some pounds. Now, like Mo Bamba, Mo Bamba is just, we know has been mm-hmm. pumping the iron, you know, in the iron paradise, whatever you want to call it, maybe maybe Markel's been lifting a lot, you know, maybe to try to strengthen up that shoulder, but he definitely, at least in his face, looks a little bit heavier. I, I don't want to speculate and say why that is, but that's just my opinion. I'm guessing his conditioning needs to catch up. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is if you're running, uh, it doesn't matter if you're kind of resulting to bad eating habits, right. regardless of what Markel was doing. Again, this is all speculation. Um, we have no idea, but it, it, it is possible that, you know, Markel, know he loves like, some Chick-fil-A Markel, like myself was just throwing down some Chick-fil-A during the quarantine. And I can't blame him. I, I'm casting no stone that he, he can do, nope. he can do whatever he wants when it comes to Chick-fil-A, but he does need to, uh, apparently get his conditioning up. But I mean, Jonathan, let's talk about, you know, J.I., being back and what that means and also i'll go on record and say i want to sincerely apologize um from the bottom of my heart to everyone that i shot down when they brought up jonathan isaac returning the the pessimist in me and the uncertainty kind of just led to me saying there's no way he's coming back i don't think he's coming back he was just in that anti-gravity treadmill not too long ago um wasn't able to run under his own power from what we could tell and all of a sudden um, he's going to the bubble. Optimism kind of rises because we're thinking, why is he there? Why is he taking up a roster spot if he's not going to play? And next thing we know, we get a notification, the one we've been waiting for for so long since January, 
that Jonathan Isaac has been cleared and will participate in some capacity in the scrimmage against the Nuggets. So I have a question. Can we believe anything that Jeff Weltman says like from here on out? Because Jeff Weltman no. was like, no, there's, there's no, there's no way that Jonathan's playing. Basically, he's like, he's, he's not, he's not going to play. That's basically what we were told. That we're not even, what, a week and a half, two weeks from that statement, and Jonathan yeah. Isaac's playing in the scrimmage. I don't know. Maybe it's just kind of him wanting to give us a little gift here, um, and and not, not he he was you know under promising over deliver, and that's uh that's a great way Fine to look me. at it, but. Um, I'm I'm happy with this result instead of him saying he's gonna play and then weeks go by and week by week it looks like his you know play date keeps getting pushed back. So um, I'm happy with where we're at, Jonathan. Uh, just need to get Markel uh, back into game shape and uh, hopefully we see him tomorrow. I mean, there's still a possibility we see Markel tomorrow. Right. Um, I think it would make sense for him to play some limited minutes tomorrow. Um, or who knows, maybe play even more than, than, than J.I. tomorrow, too. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that news is, is coming next. Yeah, I think you definitely have to throw him out there just to see where his conditioning really is. I mean, even if it's like, you know, a 10, 12-minute run out, like barring him, you know, nursing some kind of injury, I just I really think that we will see him on the floor tomorrow. It, it you know, like It's the last opportunity to see him on the floor against other teams you know, before next Friday when the scrimmages and everything start. So I uh, definitely think that we're going to see Markel in, in some capacity. You know what I mean? But um, did, did you see the uh, quote that he released? Uh, I think it was via The Athletic. I could be wrong, but I think it was Josh Robbins. Asked him about um, you know, how far off is he from being at the level he was the 10 games after the All-Star break. And and I you know I've kind of went and just broke it down his stats after the All Star break. Really, the biggest jump was in his assist per game. Um, you know he he at those post All Star break games he was averaging about thirteen points a game, six point six assists, shooting uh, an even fifty percent from the field. We won't talk about his three point percentage, but that's not the point. Not necessary. Um, we don't need that. So, but his playmaking day of positivity. His his playmaking elevated in those 10 games post-All-Star break. And so here's the quote. I'll just read it real quick here. Um, Markel, when asked about that and his game shape, he says, I really don't know. I feel really good right now. I actually feel better than I was after the All-Star break. After the All-Star break, my body was kind of tired um, being – uh, was kind of a was kind of a tired being, so that was my first time that I played that l- in that long uh, that I played that long. Uh, so right now I just actually feel pretty good. I think it's just a matter of getting those reps up in a game, and I don't think I'm far. I think I'm pretty close. I know it's not going to be easy, but I think it's just a matter of a couple of reps. Yeah, I definitely so, think. Uh, you know, I alluded on the podcast for a few weeks, really before the the, the hiatus. So you know, even though after the All Star break the numbers were there, especially when like Evan went out. With you know the the um, elbow injury, you know at the mm. end of February, beginning of March, whenever that was, everyone's like, okay, like now Evan is the guy that so many people claim is holding you know the the young guys back, is holding Markel back from being able to like take the reins of the team, and we're all like, okay, well now Markel is going to take the reins, and we saw it in spurts, but not quite you know what we wanted to see. We didn't see you know the level of energy that we thought Markel was going to take this next step. And the reason, in my opinion, is he had hit that rookie wall. You know, mm-hmm. After playing a, a total of 33 games over his first you know, two and a half seasons, yeah. then now playing, I think he played, what, what 65 games maybe, something like that? Yep. Yep. 64, games. And it's just the most basketball that he's ever played in his entire life. He was hitting that rookie wall, in my opinion. 
Yeah, and but and the encouraging thing is, um, obviously he played minimal games in Philly, but we have an even larger sample size of what Markel Fultz is. Um, his his numbers are way elevated from when he was in Philly, um, averaging you know four more points per game than he was ever in Philly. Um, looks like his assist numbers are up too. Um, a, a little over two actually. Last year it was three point one. Um, rebounds are about the same. Um, three point percentage not great. Uh, but about what we expected. And that field goal percentage is really the biggest thing. His efficiency has gone through the roof being in Orlando, um, shooting 47% from the field where he was shooting uh, 41 in Philly. So you've seen those those leaps that he has made, and it was only a matter of time before he hit that wall um, because he's just having to grow so quickly, um, playing so many games uh, more than he's used to in the NBA. Um, and, and now we, we see that kind of the fruits of his labor, uh, came into, came into play after the all-star break. And hopefully Jonathan, once he's back into game shape, we see more of that, um, coming hopefully tomorrow and then following into the regular season. Yeah. So I definitely think, you know, I think we will see Markel once again in that scrimmage. Uh, is he going to be at the same level that he was before? I don't know that kind of just all based on, on, you know, his conditioning and everything like that. Um, I think one of the travesties of this season is that we have not seen Markel, Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, and Markel Fultz all on the floor at the exact same time. There hasn't been one second of that recorded. If you go and look at all the lineup information that we have from you know NBA stats, um, they have not shared the floor at all, which in my opinion is just like, okay, if, if we're going to hold on to Aaron Gordon, like these are the, the four guys that we're looking at Mm -hmm. for the future of this team if you want to throw Chuma Okiki in there I'm fine with that as well but as far as the guys that we have available that are on the roster right now at some point I really want to see those four thrown out there together just to see what it's going to look like I mean you throw out you can you can throw out anybody you want out there with those four the the defensive numbers are, are just going to be incredible you talk about the size the athleticism, the length that you have with Markel Fultz being 6'3", 6'4", point guard, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, basically 7 feet, Aaron Gordon, 6'9", or 6'10", whatever you mm -hmm. want to call him, would, would just be ridiculous. So really excited to see that, excited to see if Markel can kind of get back to the level that we saw post-All-Star break. What do you think is uh, kind of switching gears back to Jonathan Isaac specifically, what do you think his minutes will look like going into the regular season do you think we have to wait and see how much he plays tomorrow or do you think you can make a guess yeah okay so I do think obviously it's super dependent on what we see tomorrow tomorrow I think he plays like 15 minutes tops right yeah so I think that we're going to see him kind of plays a game how does your body respond how how's the knee feel is there yeah. you know some inflammation what's going on if he plays 15 minutes you know, Monday night and is fine. I think that first game, maybe we see, you know, 17 or 18 minutes. If he feels okay, maybe the next game we see, you know, maybe 20 minutes or maybe he doesn't play the next game just to make sure that they're kind of easing him into everything. By the time the playoffs roll around, I think we see Jonathan playing somewhere 20 to 25 minutes. I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to go from anti-gravity treadmill and then, you know, six, seven weeks later, they're like, oh, he's not going to play. And then all of a sudden he's back to playing, you know, 30, 35 minutes a night. I just don't see that happening. What about you? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it like we've already alluded to, it's very hard with this front office to know anything. We can't we don't trust know. the word they say anymore. No, I love them I'm, to death. They have, we, they have our players' utmost interest in mind. They're doing a great job. 
But as far as what comes out of their mouth, it means nothing to me from here on out. Yeah, I mean, and that's probably the way you need to deal with that, at least with the injured players. Right. Um, I think that that's really the focal point of what you're talking about. And so with J.I., um, I think we see him play 10 to 15 tomorrow. Um, and then, like you said, see how he responds. I think we're we're I'm probably playing it safe here and and saying you know not get my hopes up too high, but by saying we're probably at 20 minutes a game, um, you know, but come playoff time, which you know 20 minutes is better than no minutes, and his Thanks. impact is um is incredible on the floor for the Magic, and we know that, um, especially defensively, you know, this year, um, averaging um his. 20 his his 12 points and seven rebounds and uh five assists or two assists sorry five i was looking at defensive rebounds geez that would be kind of wild if he gets a five assists but uh <laughs> but you you know who knows what and he only had played you know those 32 games this year um because he did get hurt, hurt on new year's and you know and that's playing 29 minutes who knows what 20 minutes a game looks like hopefully he's in better shape uh even than he was um, kind of like Markel Fultz is, is saying as well and vocalizing that he feels just as good as he did the post-All-Star break. Um, and hopefully J.I. has not only been able to recover but also been able to grow uh, through his, his rehab process and being on the court in these you know limited minutes for the five-on-five contact stuff. So I don't think Jonathan Isaac coming back really does much for you know at least what you and I expected for the regular season. Maybe it gives us an, another game. I think you and I both had the Magic finishing it four and four. You know, over yeah. the the last eight games of the regular season. Maybe we get to five and three. Uh, right. I don't really think it, it changes all that much because just just you watch Brooklyn. They're they're just they're awful. They're just absolutely yeah. terrible. Um, I still think the Magic are going to end up in the seventh seed. So whether that be the Raptors or whether that be the Celtics. Um, you know, that's going to be the matchup in the first round for us. So as far as it is pertaining to the playoffs. Just you know, give us your thoughts on you know what you think Jonathan Isaac being added back to this active roster. What does that do for for the outlook for the Magic come playoff time? I mean, I I think you know you and I have talked about kind of our our viewpoint of the playoffs um, with or without Jonathan Isaac. Without Jonathan Isaac, you've got guys like AG that can match up against Siakam. Um, but then you get to your bench rotation and there's not really someone that I trust um, besides maybe MCW, but he's a, a little bit on the smaller side. So it would have maybe some issues um, with Pascal, but with JI, you have so many people you can throw at. Um, if you kind of stagger AG and JI's minutes defensively, um, especially you've always got someone on Siakam that can, that can be the X factor. And Siakam is a player that I think the Raptors look at him um, kind of like we do J.I., where he's young, he's untouchable. Um, obviously, Pascal's had some more time uh, just because of J.I.'s injury, and we don't really know what his potential could have been. I still think J.I.'s in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation, at least getting votes if he plays the full season. Um, so to see him come in and match up against Siakam when A.G. is out or have them both on the floor um, and being able to switch, that's huge as well. Um, switch off the screens and, and, and switch defensively and it not be an issue. Um, so I, I think that having J.I., um, who basically mirrors Pascal, um, it, it's huge. I think that probably without J.I., um, I would have probably said the Magic maybe take him to five or six games. Um, but I think with J.I., man, I, I think we can take the Raptors to seven. 
me, yeah, it, without J.I., I was I was feeling like we were going to have a repeat of last year, either, you know, swept or, or you get the gentleman's sweep. If you got to six games with the Raptors without J.I., you just you give Steve Clifford just all the credit in the world. You give our guys all the credit in the world. They would have had to play their butts off. But like you're saying, man, bringing back Jonathan Isaac, what what was the, 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 the biggest problems that we had last year against the Raptors? Number one was Kawhi, like just mm-hmm. – by far and away, it was Kawhi. As great of a job as Aaron Gordon did on Kawhi Leonard, he just still went nuts, especially those final four games that the Magic lost in a row, right? Outside of that, I think it was Nikola Vucevic just not being able to score on Marcus at all. You know, our Daddy all-star Gasol. player. 20, what, what's that? I said Daddy Gasol. Yeah, Daddy was. Gasol. Yeah. <laughs> just going from 21 you know, points a game, 10 rebounds, to just – I think his high score in that series was like 18 points. The other games, mm-hmm. he might have been held to single digits. I really wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah. But now you take away Kawhi Leonard. That's just such a big problem. Siakam, Jonathan Isaac, and, and Aaron Gordon did a decent job on Siakam last year, I felt, but he still had a really good series. Now, you take away Kawhi Leonard. Jonathan Isaac, in my opinion, has gone up a level defensively. You're switching Aaron Gordon and, and Jonathan Isaac to give Siakam different looks over the course of that game. I, I I really like our chances. What was another huge problem last year against the Raptors? The fact that they have, you know, Kyle Lowry, Siakam, uh, Kawhi Leonard, you know, Norman Powell, Fred Van, Van Vliet, Fleet, all these guys that can create their own shots if need be, and the Magic really were just lacking that. So now Markel Fultz, if he's able to play well, Markel and Jonathan, for me, are going to be the X factors in a first-round series against the Celtics or against the Raptors. If those guys play well, so we're talking about Siakam. Let's look at the Celtics. If we're looking at like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward, if Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac can do anything to, to just try to contain those guys even a little bit, and if Markel Fultz has a good series, I like our chances of, of potentially going to six or seven with either of those two teams. More so the Raptors, I feel like it's just a better matchup for us. It almost feels like the Celtics just have like too many guys, especially you know if Kemba gets healthy, if Gordon Hayward is playing well. They just have too many guys, right? Mm-hmm. Where you know I feel like if you, can, if you can slow down Siakam and if we can get good minutes out of Markel Fultz, it just feels like we're going to have a fighting chance in any of those games. Do I think we, we're going to win? The first round, I really don't. But mm-hmm. I think if Jonathan can give you 20 to 25 minutes of elite defense, Markel Fultz can play well. Those two guys, obviously, a lot is going to have to go right. Everybody's going to have to play well for us to be competitive in those games and to be competitive in that series. But if we kind of get that perfect storm, I do think we have a legitimate chance to push one of those two teams to six or seven games. Yeah, and, and if you look at the Raptors, Obviously, talking about a, a lot about Siakam because he is the guy that's getting it done for them this year. Is last year he averaged twenty two, I think almost twenty three against Orlando um, in those five games, and he was only averaging. I mean, I say only, but he was averaging about seventeen a game in their regular season. So the Magic, I mean, it, it, can you imagine what you know Pascal will do in the playoffs if we didn't have Jonathan Isaac? when there's no Kawhi on the floor and it's just Pascal saying, I've got to, I've got to score. I've got to get buckets. We're talking 25, 27, easy. Yeah. Easy. And so you have J.I. And um, like I said, you've got guys like Aaron Gordon and and J.I. that can defend him. Um, And then Markel Fultz, 
we briefly touched on that, but Markel did not play last year against the Raptors, obviously. So I remember last year in the playoffs thinking, man, what if we had Markel with a whole season under his belt going up against the Raptors? Well, it looks like we're going to get to see that finally um, and see Markel Fultz against the Raptors matched up against Kyle Lowry. Yeah, who I, I once again, if you guys haven't been listening to the podcast for any length of time, I cannot stand Kyle Lowry. So <laughs> if Markel is able to just come out and I'm not saying he's going to shut Lowry down, but you know, be able to give him some buckets on the other end, that'll just be the cherry on top of the Sunday. But yeah, man, I'm I'm right there with you. Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, obviously everybody knows if this team is going to be successful, you know, and and make deep playoff runs into the future, those are going to be the two guys right now that are going to bring us there. So I'm I'm just now that Jonathan's back, we've got Markel. He's going to play at some point. We don't know when, but I'm just I I cannot even express how excited I am to for the Magic to to get back to playing games that matter and more importantly get to the playoffs. I think the seventh seed is is locked down, so I'm not too too worried. You know, I'm I'm not thinking too much about the regular season, but I'm I'm really looking forward to the playoffs. We've said from last last year losing Game Five, we said okay if the Magic you know. They had two two directions. Let the the you know the vets walk and let's just build around the young guys, or let's try to run it back. Bringing back Vooch, bringing back Terrence Ross. This was saying, okay, we're running it back. So from day one, when that happened last year, when we signed those guys back, we said, okay, if we don't get to the playoffs again, this season is a failure. If we don't get to you know six or seven games in the first round, this season is a failure. So now Jonathan's back. I feel like that's a real potential possibility again. If Markel Fultz can just take like the leap, like if this guy mm-hmm. just went into to quarantine and has been working on that shoulder and he feels like, okay, I'm healthy, it's it's time to turn it on. And if we can start getting like, let's say, a line like 15 points a game, you know, four yeah. rebounds, six assists out of Markel, and he's shooting close to 50% from the field. Forget about it. You're going to need me to check into a hospital somewhere because it's going to get real. <laughs> And they're going to have to make sure our hospital beds are right next to each other because yeah. I'm going to be right there. Exactly. And we're going to need TV. So, yes. I, I mean, it's really exciting. I, I hope um, and think that we will get that matchup with the Raptors first round. Obviously, it does depend um, on kind of how the East shakes out. The The Celtics right now are three games behind the Raptors. So, who knows what's going to end up happening. We I think we both projected the Raptors would hold on to that second seed. Um, and I think that'd be a lot of fun uh, for us and the listeners, for us to, you know, leading up to that that uh, that playoff series, to really dive into last year's playoff series and uh, and watch back some of those games. Just run and it just, back. Just give, get our takeaways because um, we do have um, Markel Fultz um, and, and getting to see kind of the, the, the progression that J.I. has made since last year. Um, hopefully he looks good uh, come this week, as good as you can be after being out since January. But, um, yeah, I think it would be cool if we kind of deep dove into that, if we do play the Raptors into last year's series and just kind of um, see what we think and how different it will be this year for us, given the circumstances. And people listening to this, I'm sure there are people that are going to be like, you guys are crazy. We don't stand a chance against either one of those teams. You guys are being homers, whatever. Yeah, there's probably a little bit of that in there. But if you look back at that series last year, like games one, three, four, like we, we legitimately gave the Raptors problems. Like we won game one. Specifically games three one and, and three, four, but yeah. 
yeah, games three and four, the Magic had legitimate chances to go, get back into those games and win those games. Obviously, didn't come to fruition outside of DJ Augustine's shot. But this is a team that is going to be familiar with most of what the Raptors are going to be looking to do and wanting to do. Now, you can say the same thing about the Raptors and the Magic. But I, I really don't think it's crazy to think that the Raptors are probably, if you had to pick of that upper echelon of the Eastern Conference, I think the Raptors are the the team that the Magic would want. Yeah, and I mean, you're going to see a head coaching battle for sure when it comes to that because Nick Nurse is so good at adjustments um, on the fly and is just one of the definitely up and coming and, and already established, obviously, winning the finals last year. Yeah, he's but one of the best coaches in the one league. One of the best absolutely. coaches in the league. And so that that's going to be interesting to see how, you know, if, if Cliff has grown. Um, when it comes to that last year, we were singing Cliff's praises, um, taking virtually the same roster um, that we had the year before and making the playoffs and ending that um, multiple year drought. Um, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see if we're singing his praises again uh, come postseason time. I know this year, um, you know, we, we we praised him last year and this year he's taken a little bit more heat for rotations. Um, I know, you know, deservedly you, so you you've been on let's, that as let's well. Let's be real. Like. Michael Carter Williams and Markel Fultz should just never be on the floor together, and I will I will die on that hill. Yeah, no, I mean I I can't disagree with you, but I'm I'm interested to see come you know the playoffs are a completely different animal. You know it, you've got adjustments um, in the NBA. It's you know you play a different team um, basically every you know every game, but you don't really play a team back to back very often at least, and so you know you don't get those on you don't get those game by game adjustments come playoffs you play the same team um for at least four games in a row so getting those adjustments and seeing what cliff can do um and you know it's it's always fun to see nick nurse coach um and and i had a lot of fun seeing his adjustments last year even though i hated them because they usually typically were pretty effective but all he does is complain dude every every five seconds he is a complainer he and kyle Kyle are cut out of the same mold dude crybaby crew right there 100 (laughs) percent yeah, so I I think you know that series would be incredible, especially for Magic fans, just to see where where we measure up. We may not win the series, we probably won't, um, but I think if we can push them to six or seven, and like I said, I think we can take them to seven. Um, I and that that is with the caveat that Ji is at least playing twenty minutes a game. If he's not, then you know chalk it up. I don't you know at that right. point. But well, let's not take this for granted. You know, we went so long with the Magic being just completely terrible and being out of the playoffs, the fact that, you know, the playoffs are right around the corner and we're still playing meaningful games and we're going to be in the playoffs is just awesome to, to think about. So can't wait for that. But So we've talked enough about Jonathan Isaac and, and the Magic and the potential matchup with the Raptors. Uh, Luke, let's talk a little bit about these scrimmages. So um, Magic, you know, starting off, uh, what was that, last Wednesday uh, mm-hmm. against the Clippers and then uh, yesterday, this past Saturday, against the Los Angeles Lakers. So uh, we don't need to go too too much of a deep dive into this, Luke. It's a it's a scrimmage. Basically, the point of a scrimmage is to see where where do you stack up against these well, other teams? What do you need to work on, right? We'll leave it at this, Jonathan. Uh, our three-point shooting is the best in the league. Uh, it is our strong... Pay. It is our strong point, and, uh, you know, I think that's what I took out of it. So I, th- I thought we were going to take this seriously, and you're just <laughs> making jokes. No, yeah, it's okay, – j- to summarize what Luke is saying, okay, without going too much into detail on these games, because like we said, they're scrimmages, the Magic are shooting 17.9% from three right now. 
Hmm. I know we're not great, but that's atrocious, right? Yep. And you can't you can't chalk it up to like oh being rusty. Game against the Clippers, Clippers shot thirty nine percent from three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yesterday against the Lakers, Lakers shot forty five percent from three. So other teams are shooting the lights out, and we can't make anything. So it's scrimmages. I'm really not all that worried about it, Luke. But my major takeaway from these scrimmages is the fact that no matter what's going on with this team, no matter who's playing, no matter how we're shooting the ball, this like even when you're so frustrated at this team and you're like, I just want to shut this game off, they always find a way at some point in the game to come back and make it a game again. They can be getting blown out, and then at some point in that second half, you're like, oh, what's happening here? And then they they just they lost it like they do a lot of the times. But both of the <laughs> both of these games, you know, went went down, you know, pretty significantly in the first half, you know, against the Clippers, brought it back in in the third quarter, made it a game, just couldn't knock down enough shots, you know, in in the the, the final quarters there. Um, you know, we're we're talking about guys, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, especially in that first half, you know, knocking shots down. Lou Williams, looking at you, Lou Williams, and you know mm. why. Mr. Mm. Magic City Chicken Wings over there. <laughs> uh, he's going for the food. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's what they all say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, and I go, I go to church, for, I go to church for the music. <laughs> I love worship, but that's not why you go to church. Anyways. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just Lou Williams. Just I, I, I really – I'm trying to give the guy the benefit of the doubt, but does not look good. <laughs> you leave it's, the bubble uh, – to go to yeah. your grandfather's funeral and you end up at a gentleman's establishment. Granted, I'm just glad he went to the funeral uh, in general because it had been a really bad look if it was one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, my, my grandmother passed away, so I can't make it to school. Sorry. And then, you, you know, 10, ten months later, your grandmother passes away again. And it's the same right. one. So I at least he went to the funeral. And then he's throwing but, singles, whatever. But then Him and Jack he's Harlow. doing his thing. And, I mean, like I said... It, we shouldn't be too surprised with you know his multiple girlfriends that he's documented having, but that's Lou Will, yeah. man, and that's well, I I can't say I'm too surprised. So and and, Jay, and you know we were, we were talking about this Jonathan um, earlier before the season you know had gotten kind of underway there at the bubble, talking about will the will the players break the rules? Um, the answer I had was d- definitely yes. And and you kind of you gave them a little bit of benefit of the doubt. I try, I try every single time, Luke, and they just make me look like an idiot. Then they go eat chicken wings. Then so, they're, they're they're crossing campus lines to pick up Uber. They're doing all <laughs> sorts of things. Yeah, I, I they're, think they're uh, DMing ladies on IG. Yeah, they're you know listen. inviting them to the bubble. You know, and hey. and they're I think they're reworking some of these quarantine rules and all that stuff they're kind of reevaluating everything because Lou Will threw him a little bit of a curveball I think Shams came out and reported they're they're reworking some things and guidelines and what that will look like quarantining by themselves and blah 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 um I, I think Lou Will is coming back for and, and will quarantine for I think it's single digit days I want to say eight um is what they reported today so um kind of interesting you know me and you were we were all on board for bring down the hammer just ban him Get him out of here. And if now, like I said, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, so we don't have all of the facts. We have a couple of social media posts which seem seem <laughs> to implicate Lou Williams at a gentleman's we, establishment. We have photo evidence, Jonathan. It's over. It's a wrap. I'm just saying. I'm the kind of guy. 
I like to give people the benefit of the what, doubt. You want to talk like to, to him? Hear. You want to talk to him and ask him? Listen, Lou Will, come Silver, on the show. Come on the Adam show. Adam Silver is the the best commissioner in sports, I believe. He's going to do his due diligence. He's going to conduct an investigation. He's going to get all the facts, and the he pictures? will come to a decision. Okay, <laughs> so we're going to leave this in Adam Silver's hands. Yeah. If like, the like evidence is else. conclusive that Lou Williams was just trying to get was jiggy with chicken it. wings. If Lou Williams was just out here trying to get jiggy it was with just it, just dinner, Jonathan. He needs to be banned. It's but dinner and a show. Do we know the funeral wasn't at the gentleman's establishment? <laughs> that's that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll have to see. It's all a little, it's all a little suspect. But uh, Lou Williams was giving us buckets, and then he went to go get a chicken <laughs> bucket. That's that's what it comes down to. So, oh, anyways, things oh, so, things did so, not go well. So glad the basketball Lakers. is back. Um, yeah, no, didn't didn't go great. Uh, close the gap there at the end. So that I mean that was good for what it's worth. Take it with a grain of salt because rotations are all messed point up. Third quarter for the Magic. When I saw, because admittedly I was outside with my family on Saturday trying to watch the game from my phone because I just I make it a point not to miss Magic games. But being as this was a scrimmage, I was like, mm, do I need to leave my family right now to go home and watch it on my TV? Probably not the best move, right? So I'm the trying to watch the game on my TV. Phone overheated. iPhone won't let you do anything once it gets hot like that. So I was following along with the game, you know, from social media. Magic could not knock down a bucket, but then come back in the third quarter, take the lead at some point, and then just couldn't hold on to the lead. Can, and, can and Magic can win. we can we the talk Lakers about win. real real quick in that game? J.R. Smith back here for like two scrimmage games, and he's already injuring our players. I he's told already, you he, he he saw Wes going up and was like, "That's the guy that was trying to smash my car." And just try to take Wes Awundu straight out of the air. For for those of you that don't know, during during quarantine, um, you know, J.R. Smith had a run in with some guy that decided he would try to bash windows on J.R. Smith's car, and J.R. Smith gave him the business. So that's what Jonathan's referring to. Um, yeah, and it, I don't, you know, we can touch on that real quick, Wes Awundu, and kind of what that means for the rotation. Um, Wes is a guy that probably, I think he gives us like five points a game. Um, but you know, is, is playing decent minutes, um, this year and last year, about 18, 19 minutes a game, I think. Um, so I think what that'll look like is just kind of, you know, getting guys like Melvin Frazier, Vic Law and BJ Johnson, some more run, um, while he is out. Hopefully we don't, it hasn't really been confirmed that he's out yet, but he's got a laceration. It's like, why? You know, he's just, in concussion protocol. So, well, there we go. We we don't know exactly what it'll look like in his timetable, which is why you know it's good that they did have these scrimmages. So guys like B.J. Johnson, um, Gary Clark, and Melvin Frazier, Vic Law, those guys could get some run and and kind of see what it's going to be like playing in those in those empty arenas um, that are so different from what they're used to playing in. So it's good that they got the that run. Um, please let's. Let's up our three-point shooting percentage. That goes for the whole team, guys. But, uh, yeah. I, you know, especially now with Wessel Wundu being out for, you know, who knows how many games, hopefully not that many. Hopefully he clears pretty quickly and, you know, retakes his concussion test and, and passes it. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what it's going to look like. Um, I think – uh, was it who was it? Uh, Orlando Magic Daily. I think it was Philip Rossman Wright. Kind of went into what that's going to look like, um, ideally for the Magic with West being out. Um, and one of the points he did make was the Magic are going to go deeper in the bench. They're not going to kind of um, 
expand minutes for wing players for the magic. So um, that's his take on it. I, I find myself agreeing with that. Um, you know, G league players and, and two way guys and all of them, you know, they're not NBA necessarily caliber, at least obviously starter caliber. Um, but you know, there are some people kind of that made me a little irritated, kind of just bashing those G league guys, um, saying they don't look like they're really up to speed with the NBA competition and all of that. And you know, yeah, sure. To an extent, cause they are G leaguers, but I mean, cut them some slack. They haven't, you know, played on a court in so long. The whole team um, hustled really well, and I got that from our scrimmages. But shooting the ball, um, it's going to take a little bit of time to get back in rhythm, and that also that especially extends out to those G League guys. Um, and and I think that we'll see better results from them and the rest of the team this coming week. Well, I mean, I mean, you look at the Magic just at that game. You know, forty points in the third quarter. So like the the potential for the offensive outbursts are still there like most of that i know is led by you know dj augustine who you know at, at times is, it just it's still going to tote that thing you know dj oh, can just mm-hmm. pop off sometimes like that as we saw game 1 of the playoffs last year but yeah everybody just needs to shoot the ball well i mean looking at evan fournier right now shot 1 of 4 against the the lakers was i believe 0 of 4 from 3 against the clippers so right now he's shooting 1 for 8 uh, Terrence Ross was 0 for 6 against the Lakers. He was 2 of 6 against the Clippers. So right now, he's 2 of 12 from 3. So those are, are the guys that, you know, as in the normal flow of a game, take the majority of the three-point attempts for the Magic. So when yeah. those guys, you know, are, are shooting, you know, 1 of 8 and, and 2 of 12, it's, mm-hmm. it's just not going to go well. So everybody needs to, to start shooting better, but especially and specifically our shooters. Now, I caught some crap. Um, on on Twitter and from you as well for kind of shouting out Don't Michael Carter Williams for hey hey watch your mouth um, but you know giving <laughs> Michael Carter Williams you know a little pat on the back just because no matter what's going on in the course of a game the, the guy's just always playing his butt off didn't have yep. the most efficient um, you know game against the Lakers ended up with with 15 points on four of 15 shooting uh, but seven of seven from the line eight rebounds three assists. Just Michael Carter Williams is just kind of putting everything together. But I say all that to say this Michael Carter Williams shooting 0 of 5 from 3 in a scrimmage. I understand that it's a scrimmage. At some point, though, he needs to realize that if those shots are not going in, he doesn't need to be taking them. I don't care how hard you are working during quarantine. At the same time, Cliff needs to learn to rein these guys in a little bit. He's, he said a few, on a, a few occasions that he doesn't like coaching decisions. However, a non-shooter shooting the ball is basically a turnover. Mm-hmm. So he does need to learn, in my opinion, to coach decisions somewhat because, you know, Michael Carter-Williams taking five threes, I'm sorry, is just not going to get it done. Yeah, and don't – listen, don't get me wrong. Um, I love my, – my favorite memory so far of Michael Carter-Williams is him with the bloody nose, um, oh, yeah. all gauzed up. Ref. Just running after the ref, getting hype for for big shots in that in that series. Um, but on the flip side, it is a little frustrating seeing MCW kind of chuck up some shots, um, you know, more often than not. Uh, but don't get me wrong, I love his hustle. I think that probably outweighs um, you know the the decisions he makes shooting wise. Um, and you know, played some good games for us last year. Can't forget kind of what his journey has looked like going from rookie of the year to fighting for a roster spot. It's no wonder this guy plays with that much effort because he's literally playing for his career every game. And I don't think he takes it for granted. Um, last year in the playoffs was a good lift for us, um, off the bench and playing about 18 minutes a game, averaging almost seven a game. 
points per game, four rebounds, and 2.5 assists. So, um, you know, MCW does do a lot for the team. Um, it's just kind of those little tweaks that the Magic need to make. Um, and that's why I'm glad there is these scrimmages and the regular season game. I don't know if you saw it, Jonathan. Um, I think it was Josh Robbins that reported that um, that Vogel and Clifford kind of had matched up notes for their scrimmage. They probably realized we're not playing each other in the regular season. Unless we meet in the NBA Finals, we're not going to play each other at all. Right. Um, so let's exchange some notes. We'll, you know, when when you want to work on this with the guys, you know, we'll throw out this set. We're going to – the majority said they were going to play zone um, for most of the game, at least to start the game, uh, to give them some, other, some, some different looks and, and ways to prepare. So – um, that is the plus side and the upside of the scrimmages is just kind of knocking the rust off for the guys, but as well practicing those sets and, and what that looks like come game time um, for, for game flow and, and just all those sets that they will um, you know, be using throughout the regular season and then come playoff time. So I think that the scrimmages are highly valuable in, in that way. Even though we may not see it, we might say it's just a scrimmage. For, for Cliff, that is a highly competitive practice. Um, that he gets to get all of his starters and any guys that he wants on the court to to kind of work through those sets um, against a team of the caliber of the Lakers. I mean, you got guys out there that 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 just are are studs for the Lakers. So getting some run against them and and the Clippers and the Nuggets. I mean, that's a lot of run against some really talented teams um, that I think might be a big difference going into this regular season, especially with the much awaited matchup against the Nets to start it. Yeah, I really think, you know, in my opinion, these scrimmages, you know, we, we can say that they don't matter or whatever, but I think they're really invaluable, like you're saying, just to see where we stack up against these other teams. And really the most important thing that I think you take from these scrimmages is what do we need to work on as a team? What do we need to improve on, right? Mm-hmm. That it's, it's just, it's, it's, like I said, it's just invaluable to see where the team is, you know, currently, um, you know, as we go into this, this final scrimmage and, and then into the regular season. So that's kind of where I want to take us next. Uh, Luke is really just to talk about the Nuggets, you know, pretty briefly, pretty briefly here. Um, just some of the the updates, you know, with their team, you know, the way the way that they're looking and and um, you know just what we should expect from this third scrimmage. So I think everybody listening right now kind of has a feeling of where you know we're going to move with this. Luke Bull Bull. Mm. A lot of people wanted the Magic to to trade up, you know, into the second round to, to try to take Bull Bull, yeah. um, and, and now you know we're we're seeing why, right? I think it was 16 points, 10 rebounds in that first game, 15 points in the the second scrimmage now, just doing things that, like, we can talk about Chris Stapps Porzingis, you know, being the unicorn and stuff like that, but just he he's a guy that is over seven foot, and he literally moves like a guard. I don't, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it in my life. Do I think he's the real deal? I'm, I'm kind of reserving. It's you know, a scrimmage. I, it's a <laughs> scrimmage. I, I'm reserving that kind of conclusion. Can he even stay healthy? I don't know. One season in Oregon, wasn't able to stay healthy. Guys who are just that big, that lengthy, and lanky with, with feet that big, I, I just don't know what his long-term you know, health and, and durability is going to look like. All of that being said, he, he's just doing things that I've never seen a person that size being able to do. Yeah, and it, you know it, it's hard not to see Bull Bull and think of Manute Bull as well. Um, who we saw the blocks. I mean, Manute Bull had that crazy stat line where it was, you know, four points, four rebounds, 15 blocks. Bull Bull in this scrimmage, 16 points, 10 rebounds, six blocks. 
Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting to kind of see any parallels uh, in terms of that just because they both are long, lanky, and can just alter your shot, if not just smack it into the into the stands, into the wall, I guess, in this case. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, I saw some people calling that Denver Nuggets lineup the the slow time uh, Nuggets. Oh, my um, gosh. They, you know, they, they do play slow. Um, they, they don't shoot as many shots as you would with the fast lineup, obviously. Um, and there's going to be some adjustments if they roll that out. I, I obviously have no idea if they're going to roll that lineup out in the regular season. But it, it wouldn't be outlandish to think that they might. Um, especially since they're trying to, you know, test it out in the scrimmages. But, um, I mean, Nuggets, one of those top teams in the West that um, going against them tomorrow is going to be a lot of fun, um, whether you're a Magic fan or a Nuggets fan. Um, obviously, for the Nuggets, you get to see these guys play day in and day out, and I think you're excited as a Nuggets fan. And as a Magic fan, it's exciting to go against them. Uh, you know, of course, we're going to have, you know, Weltman and Hammond just salivating over the length of the Nuggets tomorrow, but um, it'll be fun to see how we how we stack up against them and, and see how that game goes and see Bull Bull in action because that is a young prospect that has looks to have a promising future. And then we see Skinny Jokic. Like, Jokic, I don't know how much weight he's lost, but he's another guy who just seems to be moving, you know, a lot better with, you know, shredding the, the extra mm-hmm. weight. That's been, you know, kind of one of the, the knocks on him. You know, his first few years in the league is just that, you know, he was heavy. He definitely could have gotten into a, you know, a little bit better weight. He could up his conditioning. It looks like he has done that. So Jokic is one of my favorite players to watch in the league. Just, you know, just he, he shredded like, 25 pounds, by the way. That's a, I'm, I was he, probably going to say he somewhere shredded, between 20 and 30 He shredded pounds. his weight and he gifted it to Mo Bamba and Muscle. So yeah, they just, they just traded. They just, they, they switched. Uh, you, you guys yeah. remember when we were all kids playing Pokemon? You had your, your Game Boy Color, and I would plug my cord into <laughs> your cord, and we would go to the, the Pokemon Little Center, and we would trade Pokemon. That's what Mo Bamba and Jokic That's, did with their weight. They went to the Pokemon Center, and they just they said, you know, Here. I can shed this weight, and it'll turn into muscle for you. Right. So, well, there's you know. still a lot of people out there that are skeptical that, it, that it's muscle, but even Mo Bamba, I'm glad that we kind of circled back to that. Um, Mo Bamba in these first two scrimmages with the extra weight, he's definitely using it really, really well. He's being able to be more physical with players yeah. on the block on on the offensive as well as the defensive side. And the the major concern with me is how is he going to carry that weight? Is he still going to be able to move around pretty well? And in my opinion, he's moving around just as well as he was before. A guy putting on twenty pounds that can definitely be a, a concern, especially a guy as big as lengthy as. Mo Bamba relies a lot on his athleticism to, to get up and, and just challenge shots to a ridiculous degree, but seems like he's still able to move around pretty well with the added weight. Yeah, I mean, he's still, you know, conditioning um, and, and getting to that point, um, learning kind of, you know, it's the same thing as, you know, that, that awkward growth spurt that you had in, you know, from middle, you know, elementary to middle school, middle school to high school, kind of learning how you operate and and that's the same thing that Mo Bamba is going to have to continue to learn is what does this look like now does his game evolve and change now that he has put on that weight we talk about him kind of just looking stronger uh, down low on the block um, boxing out and and things like that that weight helps in so many different facets Um, and you know we're we're seeing that you know the Magic are going to obviously be very conservative with his his minutes um, and kind of the, how much they push him. Um, so, you know, that is the one thing I'm a little bit worried about 
going into this regular season, there is a lot of plates kind of being juggled um, when it comes to these players and their minute restrictions and rotations. And um, I just hope by, you know, hopefully at least halfway through the regular season, they kind of are getting their rotations better figured out as guys get conditioned. Guys like Mo Bamba are continuing to kind of learn um, what that weight feels like and and how to play and then also conditioning on top of it i mean there's a lot going on with this magic team right now that needs to be uh pinned down by the time we get to the playoffs and and that that weight you know you can't really understate that it just that it literally hits different i remember you know shortly after high school um you know i kind of stopped playing basketball for a little bit started lifting weights probably put on about 15 to 20 pounds of muscle over the course of i don't know maybe a year and then when i got back to playing basketball that that euro step you 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 <laughs> drop that shoulder into somebody let me tell you it it for sure hits different so but yeah, yeah so so many things um that are still kind of up in the air when we talk about Jonathan we talk about Markel Fultz we talk about a few of the things that the magic need to work on um you know into this last scrimmage and getting into the regular season but definitely going to be a lot you know to to look forward to and man I'm just excited to, to get back to basketball and excited to get into the playoffs Luke yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, fun scrimmage uh, Monday night against the Denver Nuggets. And, you know, the next time that the listeners hear a podcast, it'll be me and you talking about real regular season magic basketball, hopefully about how, um, you know, they dominated the Nets and had their way with them. I hope that's how the episode goes. I really don't want to hop on here and talk about an L to restart the season. That'd be, that would be pretty bad, actually. That You know, this was a little bit of a test run. I think it, you know, went pretty well, you know, so... Um, yeah, we definitely need a W and that mm-hmm. will be a much more enjoyable conversation to have for sure. Yep. We'll learn a lot about the team here in the next coming week and i uh, excited to kind of get down to it. Absolutely. Anything else, Luke? I think we are good here. I think we're good as well. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the six man show for Luke. This has been Jonathan. Next time you guys here, we'll be wrapping up, recapping that game against the Brooklyn Nets coming up on Friday. So clear your calendars. Do whatever you got to do. The Orlando Magic are back this Friday. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you guys next time. See you. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!